What is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to another episode here on the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And guys, it is officially that time of the year. It is NFL playoff time as here in the opening weekend, a.k.a. Wild Card weekend, we've got some pretty good matchups. We've got the Jaguars and Chargers taking off against each other on Saturday night. And then on Sunday, we've got the Bills and Dolphins, Ravens and Bengals, Giants and Vikings. And then on Monday night football, we've got a rematch between Dak Prescott and the Cowboys and Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So before we do start talking about all of these games we've got going on this weekend in the wild card round, please make sure first and foremost that y'all are liking, following, doing whatever you can just to make sure that you continue to stay up to date with the Cover 7 podcast and every episode that we drop because guys, we pretty much drop daily here on the Cover 7 podcast. So make sure y'all make sure that y'all do stay up to date on that and well guys, I don't want to waste y'all's time, and I don't want to waste my time either, so let's dive right into today's episode, and, you know, we always normally have preview episodes that are, you know, about 20 minutes, 30 minutes long. Today should really not be that long. I'm expecting it to be about 15-ish minutes or so, so definitely something that you're able to listen to while driving to work or just chilling at home and just bored a little bit. So, anyway, we don't have any Thursday games, so we're going to kick it off on Saturday as we have a doubleheader, wild card doubleheader. Um, and the first game that we do have on Saturday is going to be an NFC West matchup between Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Now this game, it'll be at 3 p.m. Central Time or 3.30 p.m. Central Time on Fox. And for the Seattle Seahawks, you know, they needed they needed a few things to happen last weekend, right? They needed the Lions to beat the Packers, which they were able to do. And what could have been Aaron Rodgers' final game in the NFL. I mean, it looked like it was going to be his final one as a Packer, but might also be his final one in the NFL. And then also, they needed to be able to beat the Rams and, you know, what was a very tight game even went into overtime, they were able to kick the game-winning field goal to be able to get that win. So, everything fell in place for the Seattle Seahawks who also too are going to have a t- top 5 draft pick in next year's draft, you know, thanks to the Denver Broncos trading in exchange for Russell Wilson. But um they definitely are not going to have an easy first-round matchup as they're going on the road down in Santa Clara and taking on Brock Purdy and the currently just absolutely on fire San Francisco 49ers, who last week in J.J. Watt's final game as an NFL professional against the Cardinals just obliterated them. Brock Purdy only had about five incompletions on the day. George Kittle had two touchdown receptions. The run game was pretty good. I mean, this San Francisco 49er team is not a team you're going to want to place in or play in the playoffs and right now if you're Seattle you're probably like okay well at least we made the playoffs we might as well go back home but I still think there's a little bit of hope for the Seahawks and that's because well they do have a pretty solid offense and last time we saw these two teams take off was on a Monday night was it Monday I think it was Monday night football up in Seattle in which they only lost 21 to 13 against the 49ers so you know they they've been able to at least limit the offense of the 49ers now definitely the defense is something to be concerned about because despite the Seahawks getting the win last week against the Rams Geno Smith did still did throw two interceptions to Jalen Ramsey so you've got to eliminate the turnovers if you want to have any any type of chance of winning this game but I like this Seahawks team I really do I like them with Kenneth Kenneth Walker in the backfield who's been a really solid back this season in his rookie year you've also got Tyler Lockett on the outside you've got DK Metcalf the defense which has a few you know pretty good players in and of itself Tariq one, a guy who's currently right now probably leading in the defensive rookie of the year candidate with his, he's got to think about six or seven interceptions on the season, which is absolutely ridiculous for a rookie. 
So I think the Seahawks team does have a real chance, but I mean, once again, they're not playing up in Seattle. They're playing down there in the Bay Area, and I think for the 49ers, this is a game that you pretty much are, I don't want to say overlooking because you never want to overlook a game in the NFL, but definitely this is a game that for the 49ers, you just want to take care of business and then get on to next weekend's game. So in this matchup between the 49ers and Seahawks, I've got to go with Brock Purdy and the 49ers. I love the way that their defense defense has been playing, but also I love the way Brock Purdy's been able to, you know, help kind of distribute the offense, you know what I mean? Being able to get the ball out to all his different targets and everything like that. So I think this should be a pretty easy win for the 49ers. So give me the 49ers over the Seahawks to kick us off in wild card weekend. And then that that then the second and final game that we actually have on Saturday, we're going to go down south to Jacksonville, Florida. And yes, Jacksonville is actually hosting a playoff game. And that's because, well, they won the AFC South. They get the four seed. But um, <laughs> but anyway, we have Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars, who also are coming off a really good win against the Tennessee Titans last week. So in this matchup, I think it's definitely going to be one of the more close ones that we have the entire weekend because both of these offenses are very similar in the instance of they both have two extremely young quarterbacks who flash a lot flash a lot of the time but also do make some mistakes but definitely with Trevor Lawrence you've seen a lot of him you've seen a lot of improvement being under Doug Peterson now and especially these past few weeks I mean you saw it against the Cowboys you saw it yeah you saw it against the Texans well not really against the Texans but you've just really seen him these past few weeks step up into that you know number one overall draft pick that we all expected him to be for the Jags and you know it hasn't even all just been Trevor Lawrence their defense has stepped up in just a tremendous way held Derrick Henry to only 100 yards rushing which he pretty much got all in the first half so not too bad of a game and then also to the offense with Christian Kirk, who got his first 1,000 receiving yard season, which I I was one of the few people that was actually kind of glad the Jaguars signed him because I figured being in, a, being in an environment where you don't have as much expectations, you're not in a very experienced and, you know, expected to perform right away type of offense like the Cardinals were for him. So going down to Jacksonville, it was going to be a fresh start for him, and that appears that's all he needed. And the offense has been playing good. The defense has been playing good. But they're going up against a pretty good Chargers team now that has pretty much almost all their defense back. You've got Derwin James. You've got Joey Bosa back. You've got Khalil Mack. you also got Kenneth Murray. So the defense of this Chargers team is something that's definitely going to give the Jaguars offense a little bit of fits. But I think being at home, that environment again, we saw last time the Jaguars were able to host a playoff game at home. And that was against the Buffalo Bills back when I think Nathan Peterman was still their starting quarterback. So... In this game between the Jaguars and Chargers, I'm going to go with the Jaguars. You know, I'm going to say so far the home teams are going to be 2-0 in Wild Card Weekend, but I just I don't know what it is, but I just have a gut feeling that the Jaguars, they should be able to get this win over the Los Angeles Chargers because in the final regular season game last week when the Chargers went on the road against the Broncos, they managed to lose to the Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos, which had, had, had one of the most historically bad offensive seasons we had ever seen. So... Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars over the Los Angeles Chargers to wrap up Saturday's games. And now we're going to head to Sunday, and we do have Monday night game as well, but we're going to talk about Sunday and its triple header that we have. And the first game that we have, we're going to go over to New York, most specifically Orchard Park, as we have the Miami Dolphins taking on the Buffalo Bills at 12 p.m. Central Time on, on CBS. Now, as the time of this recording, Tua Tagovailoa, the starting quarterback for the Dolphins, he has not been cleared yet out of concussion protocol, so I'm going to treat this game as if he is not even starting, which is going to be a huge, and I mean a huge step down 
for the Miami Dolphins in their offense because we've seen the past few weeks when you don't have a guy like Tua Tagovailoa, which, you know, as much as we like to give him crud and, you know, jab at him for not having the best arm, he does have a better arm than Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson, and it's shown so far in the production for guys like Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, who, you know, they paid a buttload of money to get over from the Chiefs. So, not having a guy like Tua Tagovailoa is going to really hurt their offense, so they're going to have to rely a lot on the run game, right? Well, it just so happens that one of your top rushers in Raheem Mostert, he broke his thumb last weekend, so he likely would not be playing in this game. So now you're down to um, – you traded, you traded Chase Edmonds to the Broncos in the um, Bradley Chubb trade. So now you're down – I'm trying to think, who do they have at running back? Then My mind's just blanking right now. What, regardless, their offense is really going to be missing You know those two key pieces. But the defense is still pretty good. I'll give them that. But regardless, you're going up against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, who have a huge fire lit under them, obviously, for DeMar. And it showed last week against the New England Patriots, despite a rough first half offensively, they were able to absolutely explode in the second. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, that duo just continues to absolutely be electric. The defense continues to be really good. The secondary is continuously improving. Having having a guy like Tredavious White, who's battled injuries pretty much the entire season, has definitely helped them a lot. So in this game, between two AFC East foes, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills because, I mean, it's kind of hard to say. You know, a playoff game up in Buffalo normally is going to go Buffalo's way, and so, especially for a team down south like Miami, and also they won't have their starting quarterback, who is a lot of the kind of one of the main reasons why Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle have been able to get as much yardage as they have. So definitely things kind of hobble the Dolphins a little bit. So give me the Buffalo Bills over the Dolphins. Now for our next game we've got going on. So our middle of the day game at 3.30 p.m. Central Time on Fox. We have Danny Dimes, a.k.a. Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and the New York Giants going back up to Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Vikings. And well, the last time we saw both of these teams played was actually this season, and it was a pretty close affair that actually resulted in Minnesota having to kick a game-winning field goal against the Giants right at the end of regulation. So we've seen a Giants team, which was also hobbled in that game too, or was kind of um, hobbled a little bit in that game against the Vikings. It, I mean, I, I really, I like, the, I like the Giants. I like what Brian Dable's been able to do in just one year with the Giants. He got them back into the playoffs, something they had not done since 2016, 2017. So, obviously, that's a huge step in the right direction. I, but I, it's, it's hard to pick against Minnesota at home because I feel like regardless of how this game goes, they will always find a way to somehow come back and win. And I know the way that the season ended was definitely not the way that they wanted it. You know, getting blown out on the road against Green Bay and then being able to go into Chicago and beat the Bears pretty convincingly, but still, it's the Bears. Not a lot of people expected the Bears to really challenge you in that game. And then for the Giants, I mean, despite having almost all of your starters sit last week against the Eagles, you only lost by six points, 22-16. to And then that week before, you were able to stomp Jeff Saturday and the Colts 38-10. to So this game should be pretty good. I think a game is kind of getting overlooked a little bit due to the fact that, well, when you look at records, you're like, okay, Vikings have this one in the bag, but as we've seen, the Vikings pretty much this whole season have been playing close, close games, and well, with having Daniel Jones absolutely fresh going into this game, Saquon Barkley being absolutely fresh in this game, and then also, too, the Giants maybe getting a secret weapon in Kenny Galladay, their $72 million secret weapon, which finally got his first touchdown as a Giant last week against the um, Philadelphia Eagles, so maybe we start to see the old Kenny Galladay back when he was with the Lions, who knows? But in this game between the Giants and Vikings, 
I'm going to have to play it smart, and I'm going to go with the Vikings at home because as much as I want the upset with the Giants, I just I don't really see them winning this game. Nothing against the you know nothing against the Giants. I really do like them, which is kind of weird to say being a Cowboys fan, but I like just simply the fact that they're very. You could, you could tell they have they play with a lot of passion. They play with a lot of passion, and I don't know. There's just something about this Giants team that I think they'll be able to succeed in the future, but I just think their time is not right now. So give me Justin Jefferson and the Minnesota Vikings over the Giants. Now, y'all, for our actual Sunday night football game, we have a AFC North matchup at 7.15 p.m. Central Time on NBC as we have what a lot of people are hoping will be Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens taking on Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, Lamar Jackson has not practiced pretty much at all for the past five, five, six weeks, I want to say. So obviously, even if he does play in this game, he's going to be very rusty. He's not going to look like the same Lamar Jackson of old. Probably he's going to be a little bit more hesitant when it comes to making those explosive run plays and everything like that. Um, But also, too, the Ravens are going right back to Cincinnati because last weekend they played against Cincinnati in Cincinnati. Now they're going back to Cincinnati and playing them again. And, well, we saw how good Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals offense was in the first half because they absolutely decimated the Ravens' defense and just completely shred, shredded them. Now, in the second half is a little bit of a different story because I think the Bengals realized we don't need to just run up the score. But regardless, I like what Joe, Burrow been, Joe Burrow's been doing. I mean, seriously. That guy's an absolute stud. Jamar Chase, absolute stud. Joe Mixon, absolute stud. Hayden Hurst, a guy that a lot of people forgot about, you know, the former first-round pick of the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, fun fact for all y'all that may not know this, Hayden Hurst was actually the first. So the Ravens had two first-round picks in the 2018 draft. They picked Hayden Hurst first, and then were going to pick Lamar Jackson at the end of the first round. So, just kind of something to think about a little bit as well. So, but, but anyway, in this game between the Bengals and Ravens, I don't really think it's going to be that close because the Ravens are just so banged up. Now their defense hasn't been that bad. I think, you know, I know, I know they said they shredded them and everything like that, but overall their defense has not been that bad. And maybe the fact that they played them last week, they understand a lot more of their schemes and everything like that. Also being able to get actual game time reps against them might help them a little bit, but I just think the offense of the Ravens is what's going to hobble them in this game. So give me Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals to advance as they go on to beat the Baltimore Ravens. Now, that's it for Saturday. That's it for Sunday. So we're already, what, five games through. And so for our sixth wild card game, we're going to go to Monday Night Football down in Tampa Bay, Florida at Raymond James Stadium as we have a good old matchup between Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys and Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, man, what a bad loss it was last week for Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Dak had one had probably his worst performance as a professional, or at least one of his worst performances as a professional, had under 40% completion percentage, which I know a lot of people may not understand because of just stats and everything like that. That is horrifically bad. The run game couldn't do anything against the defense of the commanders. The pass game really couldn't get anything going either because Dak struggles. And then the defense also, they were getting kind of exploited a little bit by Sam Howell too in the first half. So the Cowboys showed a lot more mortality against the Washington commanders. And now they're going on the road in an environment that you definitely do not want to play in going up against what many consider to be their greatest um, quarterback of all time and Tom Brady. And, well, for the Buccaneers, they lost last week on the road against Atlanta in a very pointless game, which, to 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 be fair to Tampa Bay, they sat a lot of their starters after the first half. So I don't really I don't really know if you want to count that as a loss against them. 
But regardless, both these teams lost their final um, game in the regular season. Mm, sorry, sorry, guys. And, you, you know, as much as I want to go Dallas and be as positive as I, as I can because I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm just realistic because I think this team is going to get exploited a lot by this Tampa Bay team, especially being on the road. And with Tom Brady and this team finally starting to figure some things out at least and finally being able to resemble a little bit of their old selves. Not saying they are their old selves, but the offense is starting to look a little bit better. The defense, which has definitely stepped up a lot more compared to where it was at the beginning of the season. So for me personally in this game, and it's funny because I've been talking with so many people, and I've and they've always been like, okay, well, the Cowboys, you know, they should be able to beat this Tampa Bay team, right? This should be the year they beat this Tampa Bay team. I just don't think that's the case. I mean, last time we saw the Cowboys go into Tampa Bay and play Tom Brady and the Buccaneers was actually at the beginning of the 2021 season in which they lost a close one against the Bucs. And I think we're probably going to see a repeat of that in this game. So as much as I know a lot of people are just going to want to say, well, no, 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 the Cowboys have got this in the bag. I still think Dak's going to struggle once again, and that's going to be a large factor in why the Cowboys lose this game. So give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Dallas Cowboys to wrap us up here in the 2022 NFL Wild Card Weekend. And man, what a weekend it's going to be. I know I'm definitely going to be sitting absolutely just on the couch the entire weekend from Saturday, Sunday, and then heck, even to Monday. So we've got some pretty good games going on. Let me know what games y'all are looking forward to the most because... I mean, there's there's some pretty good ones. I know me personally, the one I'm looking forward to the most is definitely the Jags and Chargers because you have two really young teams overall and both you know two teams who haven't been in this position in a while being back in the playoffs. So that'll be a fun game to watch. Also, got the Cowboys and Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. But anyways, y'all, thank y'all so much for tuning in to today's preview episode of Wild Card Weekend. Make sure if y'all do like these episodes, y'all stick around by liking, making sure you get the notifications on, everything like that. And truly, guys, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being the great supporters that y'all are. I can't wait to continue to make these for y'all. And also, too, guys, make sure that y'all do check out the College Football National Championship Game recap, which came out I mean, I'm trying to remember correctly, came out yesterday on Tuesday. So make sure y'all do go check that out as well. And guys, once again, thank you so much. And I will catch y'all back here on Tuesday. So we'll be back here next Tuesday as we'll have a recap of NFL Wildcard Weekend. So see you guys then. Peace.